Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, we recap last week's setback against Boise State and look ahead to more cowbell as the Cougars make the trek to Starkville. Plus, senior offensive lineman Kean Norman is joining us here in Studio C, where BYU Football with Kalani Sitake starts now. in just to try and run somebody over. Open is Satake, wide open. What's Kalani Satake? What a nice job on Sherrod Newby. BYU wins it for the Bill Edwards. Kalani Satake as the new football coach at BYU. It's great to be back home. The kick is on its way. It is gone! It is gone! Yes! The Cougars have it! I'm very lucky to be coaching these young men. A play fake. Guns it. Picked off Grant Jones. Right across the middle. Hands off. Tolu Tau. Ula running right. And then right into the end zone. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Presented by Ken Garf Aura. With your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside the BYU Broadcasting Building on the BYU campus here in Provo, Utah for our weekly look inside Cougar football with the head coach and a player guest tonight. Lineman Kean Norman joins the coach and me. And we're joined by BYU football fans every week here in Studio C to be a part of our live audience. Request your free seats by clicking the link at BYUcougars.com slash Show. Great to have folks with us here for this seventh week of our season. Wow. We invite uh, BYU fans to get involved on social media, too. We'll take your questions for Kian and Kalani later in tonight's show. Just use the hashtag Satake Show on Twitter. Tonight is not just any night on the Satake Show. In fact, we only get to have a night like this every uh, few years. But today is Kalani Satake's birthday. So please welcome in and welcome back the head coach, the Cougars, and birthday boy, Kalani Satake. <laughs> How are we doing? Doing all right. We put a, we got a party together for you. Oh gosh, I knew you were doing something like that. <laughs> it's just a day. It's but, your special day. Yeah, I'm 42. I feel like I'm 80 right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might feel a little younger with a few more wins under your belt, but uh, you're hanging in, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's uh, unfortunately, um, you know, it's not a good feeling when you lose, but uh, you just have to go to work, and 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 I've, I've said this over and over again, but. Um, yeah, adversity is hard, but you got to overcome it and have to look forward to turning things around. And that's, that's what our focus is right now. And, uh, we saw some bright spots last week, but obviously not enough to win the game. And, and we're trying to address as much as possible this week. No one's ever really in a great mood when you're in a rough patch like you are right now. But uh, as head coach, how do you view it as, as your responsibility, uh, to make sure guys' heads stay right and they don't get too far in a funk? Well, I mean, just focus on, on some of the positive things that we have, but also uh, stay united, stay close as a group, you know. And um, I think it's okay to, to have some honest discussions, too, and, and to um, be real with each other. But uh, I think that um, we've encouraged our players to take ownership on the team and, and try to work together. But at the same time, it's okay for, for guys to be told the truth, you know. And, and uh, that's coaches also. So uh, I think that it's been harsh reality for uh, a lot of us, uh, myself included, this this uh, season, and um, just really want to get back on the winning ways and and, and uh, doing what what 
people expect from us as, as BYU fans and what we expect from ourselves as a team. Can you compare this to anything you've been through in your, in your past? Um, we've been through some parts. I mean, I, I was, uh, I, when I was at University of Utah, we had uh, two seasons that we went five and seven, but, uh, you know, we're not at that moment yet. But, I mean, there's still a lot of games to be played. But um, it, it, was, uh, it was rough spots, you know, and, and we had some, actually had some really good recruiting years that year because we, we had we were able to focus on some of the positive things about the program. But um, here, I, I feel like we're in a different spot. We just, if you look at what we did last year, we, we played a lot cleaner and, and we were, weren't making as many mistakes. Um, and, and obviously we're faced with a lot of adversity right now, but um, we can get through this. We have, we have the right guys and we have the right team and, and the right chemistry right now. So um, let's just get it done and, and, and really no more, no more excuses. I, I've kind of run out of things to say other than we just need to go out and, and prove that we can do it consistently. And the first quarter looked really promising in, the, in, the, in last week's game. And uh, the goal is to do that for 60 minutes. And, and I think if we do that, we'll be... Our fans will be happy, and, and we'll have a greater chance of success in winning. Let's get to the start of that game uh, last week. Uh, Boise State coming to town, and uh, Tanner Mangum had had about four weeks to, to get as ready as he could be coming off the ankle injury. Wasn't 100%, but, uh, man, he had a nice start to the game for you guys. He did, and he made some great decisions. And, and you know, I thought we had a great game plan going into it. And, and um, uh, he, he was throwing the ball really effectively, but we also ran the ball well and, and uh, just kept him guessing a little bit and, and just – uh, we, we just couldn't keep it going, you know. And, um, I was really proud of our guys, and, and uh, looking back at it, we probably should have um, just continued doing those same plays, you know, over and over again and, and um, make them stop us. But we weren't, weren't consistent enough, and we actually had a couple turnovers that hurt us again, and we put the defense in a bad position again. Uh, and and uh, it's hard for our defense to make plays when, when we're, you know, playing against a team that, that, that is, I mean, they, they have a lead, and they're just trying to, burn some clock and it's hard to create big plays when you when they're faced with burning clock and running the ball we want to be in third down situations we had some of that in one drive and they just converted third and longs and, and that's when, usually when we get sacks or get interceptions or create some kind of turnovers and so nobody's perfect here you know defense has some things to work on but um once again we, we fall into the trap of our 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 inability to move and score points it's, it, it's caused our team some issues and uh, we need to score more points than seven. I mean, you can't win very many games scoring seven points. Offense had a couple of turnovers. Boise scored only three points off those turnovers. And whether it's a red zone defense or rush defense or scoring defense generally, the D has done relatively well considering uh, they've been put in some, uh, in some rough spots relative uh, to turnovers. Yeah, we had some mistakes in, in coverage and guys trying to do too much again. I mean, we mentioned that last time and it cost us. But, um, you know, our, our defense's job isn't to score. It's to create create uh, disruption and get turnovers and get the ball back to our, our offense. And, and um, uh, just wasn't good enough. I mean, we have seen some good things from our defense, but uh, we need to be better as a group. And, and a lot of the issues are, are because our offense wasn't able to do much. And I hate keep picking on them, but I don't know how else to be other than just honest and <laughs> real with everybody. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And Coach Detmer knows that. And, and so the offensive players. So we got to fix it and uh, feel good about our, I've been feeling great about our preparation, and so we need to transfer that over to, to the game nights and game, game days, and so uh, we're looking forward to doing that on Saturday. We asked you last week, and it was different then than it is now. I'll ask you again to maybe update to fans on your quarterback situation, the way it stands going into Mississippi State. Um, well, 
Tanner's feeling better, so he's uh, he's practicing, and and um, you know we have Joe in there. Bo's um, still limited, and uh, so you know we're looking at uh, possibly using um, both Joe and and, and Tanner, and uh, if we need to go into Cody, and so that's kind of the going into this game. That's that's our mindset. So Bo Hodge is still probably needing some more time to get to get right. I guess. Yeah, we were hoping yeah. that maybe he would be in in a better position now, but um, unfortunately, it's. It's uh, on a Tuesday. It's looking bleak right now, but um, never know what could happen in the next few days. And I just, you, you know me, I, I, I'm just not going to risk it, even if it's um, if it's close. It's just I'd rather um, be on the safe side than anything else. And Coy Detmer's still just one of the guys in your mix right now. Yeah, and, and Coy, he's got a lot of moxie, and he understands the game. But he just, um, you know, for for us and what we're trying to do offensively, he's still he's still available, but. We're trying to. We've kind of shifted over to our guys that have been, um, that that we feel that can give us the best chance to win right now. What are you hanging your hat on right now as the head coach with this group? When you get when you get with them in a team meeting and you leave, what do you feel best about with this group? Well, the guys won't quit on on each other and they won't quit on the team and and um, the efforts there. You know, there's a lot of frustration, um, but I've been really proud of our young men and and them showing up uh, every morning that we go to work and and. Um, you know, they, they've been doing a great job at that part. And so, um, you know, we, we just need to put it all together and, and, and find ways to, to score points and find ways to win as a team. And, and um, I think we'll feel better. It's just a sick feeling right now, you know, with the five games um, losing skid. And so uh, the only way to get past it is to work harder and, and keep going at it and then maybe change a few things up because um, what, was, what we were doing before wasn't working. So... Uh, you can't expect to do the same things over and over again and expect a different result. And so we, you know, as a head coach, we're, our guys are, are uh, up for us changing things up and trying to find ways to, to put our team in, in, in a position to have success. And it's not crazy changes. It's just stuff that we feel like could be, be really helpful for us, whether it's personnel or a little bit of scheme or a little bit of technique. Next chance for success is Saturday in Starkville. We're taking our first break, folks. As we do, we want you to know that you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet, dinner Monday through Wednesday, a kitchen and large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail, all at the Residence Inn Marriott in Provo. When we come back, a look at the week ahead and a trip to SEC country. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. BYU Football with Kalani Satake is presented by Ken Garf Honda of Orem, a proud supporter of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Satake, especially in the tough times. We appreciate the Cougar fans who still bleed blue and join us every week here on the Satake Show. A couple of extra special fans uh, joining us in the audience uh, tonight on this Kalani Satake's birthday. Who do we have up there? My mom and my dad right there. Pops, Lonnie and Tom. (laughs) On your birthday, they've decided to come and make sure you felt loved. Yeah, made made me feel important. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it, guys. Well, uh, we hit the quarterback situation toward the end of last break, and you mentioned Joe, and and we should maybe tell folks a little bit more about uh, Joe Critchlow, who you probably hoped to redshirt this year, but uh, circumstances being what they are, you you, you put him into the mix, and he's someone that uh, is out of Franklin, Tennessee, and is real happy to be playing for, I guess, his dream school, BYU, right now. Yeah, and just, I mean, I think he was on his mission three months ago, you know, so uh, I don't think he anticipated being on the field this early, but... um, you know, there's a necessity because of the injuries and things like that, and, and uh, we have a lot of confidence in him and the progress he's made in the last 
couple months. And so, um, you know, I thought he came in. I mean, it, it was in a, in a spot where the game was pretty much out of reach, and, and we just wanted him to make the right reads, and he did that in, in the four plays that he was there. And obviously we didn't uh, convert, but um, he made the right decisions, and he just couldn't connect on the, on the last throw. But uh, I like his poise and like the fact that he was out there and held and held his composure. And, and, and you know, he scrambled once, and his legs were – were tight because he was standing all all night and uh, just love the 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 opportunity he just he just took it and ran with it and didn't question it and just wanted to play he didn't care that there was only uh, there's only a few plays left in the game he just wanted to get out there and help our team what do you like about his makeup well he's he's a big kid and he's actually got a lot of the type of offense that we do with the RPOs and things like that he has that in his background and um, you know he he's a guy that got he actually didn't get evaluated as much in in um, recruiting because down south where he was at, they really don't work with the missionaries as well as the, they do out west. And so I think he had a lot of um, a lot of interest, but just didn't really go through the whole recruiting process like a normal person. And uh, I think uh, Ed Lamb evaluated him and liked what he saw and, and basically signed him. And when we got here, we knew that we needed some more depth here at, at quarterback and. Uh, you know, got him to join our group, and and he fits our system. You just need to keep you keep progressing it, and try to get his missionary legs out of the way if he can. And but um, he's growing up fast, and, and and we'll see what happens. But he's from that area, and he's looking forward to going going back home. Right now, he's your number one backup, but you're getting him ready to play this week, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's got to be ready. If you look at anybody on our team, I mean, it's, it, it, things could happen quickly. Where. Uh, you know, injury is part of football, but it's been uh, a lot of guys have had different looks, and we've had a lot of had to shuffle some guys around a little bit more than the normal than last year for sure. And and uh, so, you never know, a guy's moment could come anytime soon. And and we tell our guys to be anticipating it. Not that you're planning on someone getting hurt, but uh, you have to have your you know when your when your time is is up, you got to be ready to roll. All right, on to Mississippi State. Uh, second straight team you're going to play coming off a bye, as was Boise State. And uh, the Bulldogs, a team you saw last year, bring a lot of the same people back, especially the quarterback. Uh, good offensive unit right now, a stronger on the ground than they are through the air, and they can really run it with a bunch of guys, including the quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, we saw him last year and had that, um, that I think, a double overtime win last year against them. And um, a lot of the guys are back, the quarterback's back, and Fitzgerald, he does a great job of running the ball, but... He can throw it as well, and Dan Mullins, the, the head coach there. So uh, we're familiar with it with their group, and we've seen because we seen them last year. But uh, you know, it's going to be we're at their home, and they're going to have a lot of cowbells ring in. And so um, I, we're not ringing cowbells during practice because that just doesn't make any sense. But we know our, we're going to have to do some silent stuff. But uh, the game's going to be early. You know, it's right up there in, in the morning, eleven um, there, which is ten here. So. Our guys will be ready to roll and just really excited for another opportunity to play and, and against the SEC team. And the fact that you played them and beat them last year with a lot of these same guys uh, on the team has to, uh, I, I think, be a bit of a positive for you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're familiar with them a little bit, but, I mean, that's... Different groups, uh, I know, but... Yeah, but uh, there's other guys that have played that didn't play against them, and uh, I think the focus really this week is just to be really on, on ourselves. And uh, the reason why we're not functioning well as a team is because we're not doing it on ourselves, regardless of the, who the opponent is. And so trying to focus on 
our guys being doing if being efficient and doing our jobs, whether it's on offense or defense or on special teams, and that's going to be the focus. And it just happens to be Mississippi State. Obviously, we're going to scout them and we're preparing for them. But I think the focus this week is really on what we can do as a group and focusing on what we can really develop as, a, as an identity for us on offense, which I think will reflect on the rest of the group. What makes SEC football what it is? Well, it's crazy down there. You know, they 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 pack the house and. Um, we're used to it because of BYU fans. We have fans everywhere, and and we have a big stadium, and so we pack it here. And so that it's, I think it, uh, out here it's, it's kind of unique with BYU, and uh, and we have a national brand, actually a worldwide brand, where we can go anywhere and you can recognize the logo, you know. But um, down there, it's a, a lot of the schools are from small towns, and it's a college town, so it, it's a. Uh, it's based around football, and you can notice the stadiums. And so we're going to another place where it's a smaller town, but it's all about football, and it's all about that college being based around football. And a lot of their day, a lot of their weekends revolve around uh, the, the game. And so we're, it's going to be a cool, unique, unique feeling. But our guys have been in, in similar spots before. We went to Michigan State, and you know that's a traditional, tough place to play, and we had some success there. And and uh, we're looking forward to doing that and establishing a little physical presence and, and being able to run the ball, and then hopefully it, it transfers over to our passing game. Hey, coming up in our next segment, we're visiting with uh, Kean Norman. Now, you've only had him for the two years. You'll have been here. Your second year, it's his second year, his last year. Uh, but uh, two pretty good years from a guy that's been an anchor on your, uh, on your O-line. Oh, yeah, and he's versatile. I mean, he can play center, he can play tackle, and he can play guard. And right now he's our starting left guard and, and for a second year in a row. And he was a graduate transfer from Southern Utah, so he graduated early. Most graduate transfers graduate with one year left of eligibility, and he had two. And so it tells you what kind of student he is, and um, he's doing really well in school here. We're working on his, on his master's, and, um, you know, maybe one day we'll all be working for him sometime. But he's, he's, he's really smart and great football player, great teammate, and it's, it's nice to have him and, and Ashley part of our program, his wife. We'll talk about his scholastics and football coming up next. He is next, Kia Norman. As we head to break at Ken Garp Honda of Orem, we have a brand new dealership. Come see our new showroom floor located on University Parkway. Ken Garp, Honda of Orem. We hear Cougs. After the break, the former Lone Peak Knight, Kean Norman, joining us here in Studio C as BYU football. Welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Satake with your host, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Studio C here at BYU TV. You use the hashtag Satake Show for a chance to see your question asked during our Q&A sessions coming up a little later on. Uh, time for our weekly player interview now, presented by Bam Bam's Barbecue, authentic to the bone. This week, we're visiting with one of the anchors on the BYU offensive line, a player who's gone from high-profile baseball recruit to defensive lineman to offensive lineman and from FCS to FBS during his college career. Please welcome into Studio C, starting left guard, Kean Norman. Have a seat. Thanks. We'll break this thing. I know it's been sturdy. <laughs> no, it's been load tested. Everyone who's yeah, we, we've had, true. we had Kyrus Tolman in it last week. Okay, I think you're Kyrus good. made them. I'll be okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned uh, I mentioned uh, baseball being a part of your background, yeah. and there was a time when I think most people thought about you as a baseball pitcher as yeah. opposed to an O lineman. Take us back to Lone Peak and and uh-huh. maybe the split between the two sports and where you maybe yeah. felt your heart or where you felt good uh, best at. What was that like? 
So my grandpa actually played Major League Baseball. And who was he, that? Dane Orge. We'll get to him in a second. Okay, okay. so and he played at BYU, as I guess we'll get to. Yeah. Um, and so at Lone Peak, yeah, I played football and baseball and loved them both and, you know, had some good times, you know, with my friends and, you know, high school sports are a lot of fun. So, I mean, I loved playing both. I thought about pursuing both in college and thought about, when I was at SU, I thought about uh, playing both, but while I was on my mission, SU actually cut their program when they got moved to the big sky in football. So, kind of ended that, but. State champions in baseball, right? Yep, won the state championship. So. Who'd you guys beat in the finals? We beat Cottonwood. And we had a good team, Jacob Hanneman, who's in the major leagues, and Dylan Robinson, who played at BYU. So, had some good players. So, major league thoughts for you at that time? Um, I mean, every high school kid wants to play professional sports, right? So, I mean, I guess I had that dream, but kind of became realistic after, you know, after the mission. You kind of figure things out a little bit more. You mentioned the family ties. Yeah. Uh, as someone who played for BYU yeah. and then on to the major leagues, and that's uh, Dane Orge. How much yeah. was that uh, uh, an influence in you growing up? Um, he, he was a big influence in my life. He, he supported me in all the sports I've played, and uh, I don't know, I'm, I've got a good relationship with my grandpa. I see him all the time. I saw him Sunday. He watches all the games, comes to a lot of them. So. Two World Series championships? Two World Series. Yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a Dane Orge autographed bat in my home office, and I thought about it too late. I should have brought it as a prop. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a great, great, great baseball background and a family tie yeah. uh, to the Norman family. Pretty cool. Now you went to SUU, and yep. you went there uh, as a D lineman to start, right? Yeah. Coach Lamb, who was down there, told me that uh, there was a need depth-wise for you to switch over, and uh, yeah. and you made that decision. Was it something you felt uh, was the right thing to do for you? Was it more of a team thing? Uh, the, how was the approach made, and how was it uh, switching sides of the line? Uh -huh. um, in high school, I played both ways, and I didn't know what position I would play. And then uh, I, you know, I went down there, and they said they needed me a D line, and then um, I, I played, I didn't start, and then uh, in that spring they needed me at center, so I made the switch, and I always thought I was better at offensive line anyways, and so kind of made that switch. Did you enjoy one side of the ball better than the other? I liked offense better. I felt like I'm better at it first off, and then just I've enjoyed it better. Kalani, you okay with the fact that he likes offense better than defense? Yeah, I mean, he can pitch too, so obviously you know he's got a strong arm, but no, he's... His approach to the game, he's, he's, he's versatile. He can play in every position, and that's a, a huge compliment to what he does, his athleticism to even play D-line. So he's a guy that, that's willing to do what's best for the team, and you know we need him to play guard, but he also can snap the ball, and I'm sure he can play D-line if we really needed him to. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was a team captain. You were a team captain down at SU, you weren't you as well? Um, I was a spring captain, and then I decided to transfer. So. Okay, yeah, and the transfer decision, uh, Coach uh -huh. Lamb, was with you down there, and then yeah. he moved, and that uh, had an influence on you, obviously. Yeah. No, I just thought there would be a lot of great opportunities at BYU, um, academically, athletically, and uh, the opportunity came about, and so I just went with it. But, Coach, as you said, uh, to get from Southern Utah to BYU, there was some work to do, and he did a lot of it in a pretty short span of time there to get uh, eligible as a grad transfer, right? Yeah, and he, I mean, but that wasn't even a question, because academically, he's he's got it all, and he's really smart, and I, he... When you graduate, when you graduate, he graduated high honors, and so that wasn't a problem for him to get the classes done. And uh, for, in order to get him to, to commit to coming here, 
You know, Ed, we, we did the smart thing, and we, we talked to his wife, which was the easiest thing. <laughs> Once he got that done, then, then it was, he was in, for sure. Your wife is Ashley, is that right? Yep, Ashley. Is she with us in the crowd? She's up in the stands there. right there. All right, good to see you. Good to be here. Uh, you, uh, is it okay to mention your, your GPA right now that you've got? I, I think you're at 3.91, if my records okay. are correct. Okay, a 3.91 GPA. Um, <laughs> who gave him the A minuses? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Now, you graduated from Southern Utah, so yeah. you're in the master's program. Is it MPA right now? MPA, Master's of Public Administration, yeah. Okay, and you won't be done. Uh, have you been accepted to, to law school here? Um, I've been accepted to BYU. Okay. I've been accepted to a couple schools trying to decide what's the best route for me. So. Okay, so there's more schooling to come after More this. schooling. It never ends, I guess. Now, as part of what uh, Kian does as both a player and a student, he's a nominee for what's called the William V. Campbell Award. Uh, it's presented by the National Football Foundation and College Hall of Fame. Taysom Hill was a finalist for the award last year. And Kian is one of the uh, semifinalists nationally this year for the William V. Campbell Award. And I think that deserves a round of applause. Scholastic and athletic achievement. And so congratulations to you on that honor. Thank you. Hope you go far with that and yeah. make it into the, uh, into the finals. All right, to some football now. Mississippi State, yep. SEC country in Starkville uh -huh. and all that. How pumped are you to get on the road and uh, mm -hmm. take on the Bulldogs? I'm excited. I mean, um, Coach MP, he actually coached uh, BYU. He was on the coaching staff when they beat Mississippi State, so he's told us about the environment. I mean, playing, I, I served my mission in Florida, so I, I kind of understand the, the the love of football and the rabid nature exactly of the down there. So yeah. it's, it's gonna be a fun experience i'm excited to hear the cowbells and to see all the fans so it'll be it'll be a good experience how close do you think the offense the byu offense is to, to turning a corner of sorts and uh -huh. putting together a consistent 60 and getting a good result yeah i mean we're right there i mean this whole season it's been obvious that we've we've been shooting ourselves in the foot with turnovers and costly penalties i mean we have the talent we've had some great moments it's just we just got to put it all together Kalani, one of the areas of consistency from your group has been the fact you've had five old linemen starting together uh, in all six games so far this year. Yeah, and Kean's been a big part of that, you know, and, and has been one of the big leaders for us on this team. And and I'm pretty sure these guys want it want the, you know the basically the load to be put on their shoulders, and I think they want to carry them through it. So uh, you watch the way these guys run block and the way they they pass pro. I mean, they they've done a good job at at, at, at with our offense. We just made way too many mistakes and. And um, but we can't take you can't capitalize on it. So uh, if we can stop, if we can limit the mistakes and, and take advantage of a physical line that's got tons of game experience behind them. I mean, I think that I think that's going to be the path that we have to take. Kian, you've been here a relatively short time. How yeah. close are you with your boys on the O line here in the two years you've been here? I'm I'm really close to them. Um, Austin Hoyt and he's one of my good buddies. We room on the road, and I, I mean I'm I'm friends with all of them. I love those guys. Tijon, Tooney, Shof, they're bunch of good guys. And you've been, again, together. You've all been starting together all season yeah. here so far. It's been a pretty tight group that way, too. Yeah, definitely has. All right, more with Kian Normans coming up after the break, folks. When we come back, we'll go to our live audience as Cougar fans go one-on-one -on -one with Kian. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. BYU Football with Kalani Satake is brought to you in part by Bam Bam's Barbecue. Authentic to the bone. Every week we talk about our Cougars in the pros, like Kyle Van Noy with the Patriots, seven-tackle game for him on the weekend. Daniel Sorensen, a really nice game for the Kansas City Chiefs, who are still undefeated. Daniel Sorensen, by the way, will be on my radio show uh, tomorrow night. Listen for that on BYU Radio. Ziggy Ansah with the Lions, a couple of tackles on the weekend. And Jamal Williams got in for a carry and a yard, but Aaron Jones had a really nice day uh, for the Packers in their win in Dallas this past weekend. 
All right, welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Greg Rubel here with Coach McKinley and Tia Norman, BYU offensive lineman. So you talked about pro aspirations as a, from the baseball side of things. So what about uh, football and next level? Is that an interest for you? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely look at my options in the offseason. I've, um, I've been talking to uh, Jason Ayu, who handles all the NFL scouts and stuff. And so I'll see what my opportunities are and then go from there. Of course, you're scholastically preparing for other long-term goals. You're yeah. in the MPA right now, and law school is possibly in your future, too. Yeah. What do you see yourself doing in life long-term? I mean, I, I don't know. I, getting all this education, I probably should figure out what I want to do, right? <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I mean, I want to do something in business. I want to do uh, a interest in corporate law, so we'll see where that takes me. Key, uh, Kalani, clearly Keon's got a good head on his shoulders, uh, as everything we've talked about demonstrates. Uh, what makes him a, a good leader and a good guy at his position on the O-line, which is a pretty cerebral uh, uh, position to play? Well, he, he's willing to do whatever it takes. And, and um, I, mean, I think when they, when they asked him initially as D-lineman to gain weight, and uh, that's not the easiest thing for other people to hear, than, other than myself, you know. But <laughs> yeah, it's like um, it's, it, the club. I think uh, Keon cared more about the team and, and, uh, you know, gain the weight, and he's been able to keep it on and get stronger. And uh, once he's done with football, and it's whenever he decides he'll be done with it, and once he's done with football, he'll slim up and be really thin and go back to XL shirts. And, but, um, but I've just been really impressed with his uh, willingness to just do whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're in no-lineman, it's, it's a thankless job, so nobody notices when, the per- when Ula runs in for a touchdown, the great block that Kean and the other alignment made, and... and He's okay with that, and then his humility has been has been something that's a great example for our young guys to see, and just willingness to buy in and do whatever we ask him to. So that's taken him a long way in academics. It's going to take him a long way in the future as a husband and and as a father, and, and you know in corporate law or whatever he decides to do. So from life goals to season goals. How much is bowl eligibility still something we can think about and talk about as something that's a realistic thing to shoot for here by the end of the year? I mean, it's. As a senior, you, you, you want to make a bowl your senior year. So, I mean, it's definitely on all of our minds. It's still a goal in mind. It's still attainable. So we'll definitely keep working towards that. How's it been working with uh, different quarterbacks this season as, as uh, circumstances have necessitated different guys uh, yeah. behind you? I mean, it's, it doesn't change a whole lot for the old line. We still have the same offense, same packages. But it's, it's been kind of fun to see the different quarterbacks and see their strengths and see what they do. You know, Bo, we were running more option and seeing him run on the Tanner, you know, he's back there passing so it's been it's been cool now one of the GAs on the team is uh, Dallas Reynolds right yep and uh, there are some who say that you bear a passing resemblance to all the Reynolds brothers that you're like the long lost Reynolds that's I've heard uh, that a lot since <laughs> I've been here <laughs> so they've all been uh, and I don't know but this could be Houston uh, it could be it's, I think it's Houston so there's uh, I don't know is there something there I guess so. I, I mean, hopefully I'm better looking than Dallas. I'm just joking. But, uh, <laughs> no, I definitely, there's definitely a resemblance there. Yeah, we had, we had enough of them play for us. And I guess you, yeah. get, that, you get that from some people, right? I think you're a Reynolds. a lot, yeah. Yeah, all right. All right, let's uh, time for Cougar Nation to converse with Kian a bit. We're going to start here in our live studio audience. Russell Alley is first up with, uh, with Kian. Hey, Russell. Hey, uh, Greg, thanks. Uh, hey, Kian, how you doing? Doing well. Good. So uh, besides uh, football and, uh-huh. uh, of course, maybe baseball, yeah. uh, if you weren't uh, doing that right now currently, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Um, I probably have already started law school and then uh, probably be in law school. So not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter question from at ED Cuz says, with all the disappointing outcomes this year, uh-huh. how's the energy of the team during practices uh-huh. and what are you doing to maintain morale? 
So I feel like today we have one of our better practices, especially as an offense. I mean, I mean losing losing is not fun. I mean, it definitely takes a toll. But Coach Sataki does a good job of keeping uh, keeping us, you know, positive and um, gaining perspective. And I mean, you you learn from everything. You learn from losses, and so. When Kalani talks about honest discussions with the team, yeah. what, do, what do you want to hear from your head coach, good times and bad? I mean, you just kind of want to stay in the middle. You know, you don't want to get too high with the wins and too low with the losses. And, I mean, hopefully that makes sense. That's Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the, the middle elevates to a few more wins here as you get to the latter part of the season so you yeah. can feel a little more positive. Brenton Farrell is next up with, uh, with Kean. Hey, Brenton. Hey. Uh, first of all, go Knights, world there class for life. <laughs> there you go. Um, and second of all, as the offensive line and the uh-huh. defensive line probably are the only positions in football where you know you're going to hit someone really hard every single play, right? Yeah. So do you ever engage in any smack talk with the defensive line across? I mean, honestly, this season I've been surprised at how friendly the other defensive lines have been. I don't think one player has said anything to me. I mean, Tijon tries to mix it up with some teams, but uh, <laughs> I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I, I talk way more to our own defensive line in practice than I do to the other teams. You're almost, you're almost too tired to talk. In <laughs> you're exerting yourself a little bit. You uh, who's a good guy to engage on our D-line? Um, Kyrus, that guy is incredible. As a true freshman, I can't believe how good that guy is. He's going to be good. He's yeah. going to be something else, isn't he? Yeah, and then Kesney Hansen, both seniors, good players, and so. But Kyrus, that guy, he's, he's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Brenton and fans. And uh, thank you for coming in. Stick where you are, but appreciate you coming in tonight. Thanks. All right. That's uh, Kia Norman. All right. uh, Coming up, we'll have uh, more with the coach. Q&A for Kalani is straight ahead. Here at Ken Garf Volkswagen of Orem, we're excited to announce our new dealership opening its doors in November. Visit our new showroom floor on University Parkway. Ken Garf, we hear Cougs. After the break, your question for Kalani. Back in the middle of the Takes a low snap, a play fake, guns it, picked off, Grant Jones, right across the middle. Jones, 45-50 into Boise State territory, and there it is. BYU's fifth takeaway of the season. That is the exciting play of the game, presented by Nissan, a proud partner of the BYU Cougars. Nissan, innovation that excites. We are back on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake here in Studio C. Good to have you back with us. So we see there uh, Grant Jones, now a linebacker, making a big play for you to give you a good short field uh, that led to your first touchdown against Boise State. Yeah, originally he was a linebacker and then um, moved to, to receiver. And obviously we had some issues with, with some of our linebacker depth and health. And so uh, we thought that it would be good to move him back and something that he kind of knows. And um, we felt like he was giving us some more de- some depth to begin with. So uh, he was able to play. And he, I mean, he played a lot in the Utah State game too. And um, he's some plays there too. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, it's not uh, obviously your first choice when you have guys compete for starting spots, but it's nice to have guys that are willing to move positions and willing to do it even mid-season to help you. Now we saw, speaking of linebackers, we saw Butch come out for the coin toss as a captain, but then didn't play in the game. I don't think uh, is he maybe uh, ready to go in Starkville? Yeah, he's closer and 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 he's practicing now. So I I, I don't like playing players unless they've practiced all you know during the week and. Uh, so now he's he's involved in practice and and uh, it's still day to day. We'll see how it goes. I mean that it, it's a I mean you can it's obvious injury. He's had that big club on and so yeah. um, 
Yeah, I don't know if, he's gonna, if he can pick his nose with the left hand instead of the right, but he's, that's probably his only issue that he has right now. All right, I've asked maybe Kalani enough questions for the night. Let's uh, turn it over to our BYU football fans to take over in our uh, weekly Q&A with the coach. We've got live audience and Twitter questions ready to roll. We're going to start right here in our studio with Selena Farrell. Hello, Selena. Hello. How are you doing, coach? Good. Um, so you decided, you talked a little bit earlier about how you decided to play Joe Critchlow and end his redshirt year and put him in the mix. Um, what is it exactly about Joe that you think that he's going to offer your team that you haven't had from the other players you've put in? Well, we, we kind of knew going into the season that, that um, he was capable as a, as a thrower, as a quarterback. Um, just during the time that we had him, I mean, keep in mind he was serving a mission three months ago, you know, so uh, we thought that it would be better just to progress him and bring him along. And obviously with the injuries and some of the issues that we've had at quarterback, he kind of threw him in the mix because we've seen some progress done. I don't think he's 100%. Um, back from his mission yet, but his arm has gotten is much stronger, and his reason is sharp, you know. And those guys that are returned, they still have returned missionary legs. Um, they're kind of getting in the flow of things. He and Cody Wilstead are kind of getting in, and he's just kind of been thrown into it early because of the situation that we have with health at the QB position. But he's capable, and I was just really impressed with his um, demeanor and then his his poise. And so, uh, you know, it's a long season, and and we have a lot of games left, and. Um, there, there's a good chance that you might see him again. Selena, thank you for the question. Uh, a Twitter question, hashtag Satake Show from at Big Uncle Pooh. What improvements can we expect to see on the offensive side of the ball this week? I always like to see consistency and, and um, you know, a lot of what we did in the first quarter and, and, and try to hang on to that and, and just stuff that we're good at, you know, make, make people stop us. And, and if we can do that, I think we, we can be able to make adjustments as we go along. But um, possess the ball and get points on the board. That's all that matters, and that's the bottom line for our offense. All right, more Q&A with the coach next. Looking for a more, even more convenient way to shop at Smith's? Try Smith's ClickList. Order online, pick up curbside at the store. Visit smithsfoodanddrug.com slash clicklist for details. Q&A with Kalani continues after this break. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. We're back after this. Football with Kalani Satake is presented by Ken Garf Nissan of Orem, a proud supporter of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Did you know Kalani Satake has his own burger at the wall, the restaurant there at the wall on campus in the Wilkinson Center? It's called the Kalani on Fire Burger. Featuring two beef patties, pepper jack cheese, crispy jalapenos, chipotle mayo, lettuce, tomato, onion, on a toasted bun served with fries. Look at, oh, look at that. He loves his burger. Yeah. <laughs> but you can only get this. Look at it. Look at it. He's loving it. You can only get this through Saturday. Yeah. Only through Saturday. <laughs> you know what? I want I, one of those. Yeah. I have here a 15% off coupon for the Kalani on Fire Burger. I thought I got unlimited supply. I think you're oh, good. Okay. We've got we to give this to somebody yeah. else, though. Who was gonna, who's going to take my... You, you, hey, no. Here you go. Right here. Come on up. Here you go, 15% off. Thank you. Enjoy. It, it, it would be way better if they threw an, a fried egg on top of it, too. It's all it's missing, right? Over easy. Yeah, egg. <laughs> I, I guess I couldn't get that to go on it. All right. Kalani on fire, but only till Saturday. The burger is, unless it's backed by popular demand, and it could just be that I way. doubt it. It's a heartburn waiting to happen. <laughs> I have an iron stomach. I can handle that stuff. Let's get uh, back to some <laughs> Q&A from uh, social media for Coach Satake. Hashtag Satake show for the questions. Uh, at Bobo Sarah, underscore Sarah. 
Uh, happy birthday, Coach, first of all, she says. Uh, it's easy to dwell on the negatives right now. What's the biggest positive you see this season? Oh, the fact that we can get it turned around. I mean, I, I would be really – our, our biggest frustration is that we know we're better than this, and that's my responsibility as a coach is to make sure that we're playing better, you know. So uh, I know we can perform better, and um, just looking forward to that moment, and I'm hoping that it's this Saturday. And, and I know our players are anxious for it, and our fans are definitely waiting for it. So um, that's the biggest positive. I know that we, we can play better, and I'm looking forward to have that happen soon. Hashtag Satake Show on Twitter. This one from at Tmort5. What words do you have for Gary Anderson, given the recent news of him leaving Oregon State? And you coached with Gary yeah. before. Yeah, and, and a mentor of mine. And, I mean, I, I've been close with him since we were at Southern Utah together. And, and um, you know, with Kyle Whittingham when we were at Utah, and he was a coordinator. And so I haven't spoken to him since. I mean, I obviously have other things to worry about um, right now and, and currently on this team. And so I, I haven't really reached out to him other than send him a text. And so we'll talk again sometime soon. But uh, he definitely loves his players and um, and he loves his coaches. And I, I've been part of, uh, part of his coaching staff and been around him quite a bit and to know that he's a genuine person. And, um, you know, money's not an object and, and not, not, a, not, a, not the issue for him. And that's why he left so much of it so that uh, the program can thrive even when he's gone. And that's an, a huge unselfish act for him to do. And um, just, but, you know, but he's always going to be a guy that I can lean on and talk to and a, a great friend. I love him. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him in the, in the future with, with what he does in, in coaching. I just think that college football is much better when he's involved with young men's lives. Okay. One more uh, social media question from Twitter. This is from at Jake Pickett 23. What do you want for your birthday? The obvious, and I don't want to say it because it Ruth jinx it. So <laughs> we all know what he wants. It's what yeah. we all want. Are you right? Yeah. <laughs> Another Twitter question uh, from at uh, Bravos Eleven: Has there been any discussion about uh, Ty uh, trying the booth for a game? He coordinates from the field for you, right? Any thoughts about that? And how do you like to divide the responsibilities from booth to field? Well, I mean, I think you have to have some representation up in the booth, and, and a lot of it, and, and, and our our, um, our mindset is that most of the coaching is done during um, for us Monday through Friday, and it's a lot of the instructions given from their, their assistant coaches. And so uh, as, as a, a safeties coach, if Ed Lamb's yelling at the safety, even in a, in a crowded stadium, the safety recognizes his voice because he's heard it the entire time, whether it's spring ball, fall camp, Monday through Friday in, in practice. And so he, he can actually recognize that voice as Ed's voice or Coach, Coach Lamp, any of the other coaches, um, running backs with Reno and all of them. So a lot of what we try to do is communicate, even especially defense on the field. And I, th- I like guys being able to make adjustments on the field. Most of our graduate assistants and our, and our and our admin assistants, they study film and they know the tendencies and they know the film. I mean, they've studied it more and broken it down. And they're, they're, the strength that they have is being up in the booth and seeing everything because they've watched so much film of it. I mean, most of our coaches have too, but it's the communication is what we're trying to get accomplished. And I think, Ty, being able with new quarterbacks and being in the mix and even guys that are dealing with injuries, I think it's, it was important for him to feel like he needs to be on the field, look him in the eyes and talk to him. And it's hard to get guys on the phone and with, with, with uh, make, trying to make adjustments, sometimes it's easier to look people in the eyes. And we live in a time where no one really has eye-to-eye contact anymore, and I try to, we're trying to bring that back in football. And I think that a lot of teaching and learning happens when you see people eye-to-eye. And otherwise, we would just text each other the plays and the corrections. <laughs> and that doesn't work in football. 
All right, Cougar Nation, thanks for the questions, both in studio and on the social media. Back with closing comments from the coach after this. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. BYU Football with Kalani Satake is presented by Ken Garf Volkswagen of Orem, a proud supporter of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. BYU at Mississippi State Saturday on the radio. Cougar Countdown Show begins at 10 o'clock Eastern. C2K Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV at 11 a.m. Eastern. The game itself on the SEC Network and can be heard on BYU Radio and the BYU Sports Network. And then post-game coverage, TV and radio, we have you covered from Starkville. Today is Kalani Satake's 42nd birthday. We already know what he wants. Oh, look at that. Got a, that Cougar's not live, by the way. Just everyone relax. But, oh, look at that. We've got a couple of cakes for people to enjoy here after the show. And uh, looking forward to getting into those here in a few minutes. That's out in our lobby here at uh, BYU. Oh, look, oh, look, oh, look it's Handsome Tanielu and, uh, and Molongi. They're here to celebrate with us. And, oh, what is going on? Oh, no. That is. Oh, man. Oh. They'll pay for this. <laughs> That. <laughs> At least it left your face alone on that one, I think. It- yeah, probably the worst-tasting part of the cake anyway. So. <laughs> I love those guys. They can, they can have it. They can have the cake. They just have to save some for the just audience. Just leave a few, yeah, leave a few yeah. slices for the audience, please. please. Big Mo, I'm so, I bet you the cake's gone right now. <laughs> yeah. You get a live shot of the taste, cake right I, now. I'm surprised he walked away from it. So. <laughs> <laughs> he may have come back after the camera went away. Uh, we're off to SEC country, Starkville. Uh, I was last there 16 years ago, I guess it was, 2001. You talked about how football kind of dominates down there. There's a, there's a special vibe uh, in SEC uh, uh, towns on game day, isn't there? Yeah, and it's a special moment. I mean, our guys, it'll be, be a lot of fun. It'll be a learning experience for them being down there in that area. But um, I'm pretty sure we'll have our fans down there as well. Everywhere we go, uh, there's a good group of, of, of our, our followers and our fans that show up, and uh, it makes us feel really comfortable, even in a place like Starkville. So uh, our guys, our, our people will be there. We're looking forward to it. And, and, you know, yes, it, it's, a good, it's a good Mississippi State team. They're 3-2. and two. They played a lot of ranked teams. They beat a team that got after you pretty good. But, again, you have a victory over them to look back on, and you just hope that the, the best effort that you've been expecting to come comes finally. Yeah, and the game of football is all about matchups, and, and it's about our guys. I mean, we haven't seen – no one's seen our best yet, and, and uh, this is a great opportunity for it to show and, and against a great opponent that we respect and, and looking forward to being in Mississippi and sharing the field with them. Hope that big result comes this Saturday and we get that to win after a few uh, weeks without one. We'd love to see you folks in the crowd here next week in Studio C. To request your receipts, go to BYUCougars.com slash Tatake Show. On the day before or the day of the show to reserve your spot in the audience, our audience is going to have some cake right now. We'll see you next week, Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern. For Keon and the Coach, I'm Greg Rubel. This is the BYU Football with Kalani Tatake in Studio C. Good night.